Today's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor, the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music with just two taps on your phone. You can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event. You can have them delivered to your phone. You can enter the event. Technology is amazing. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Again, you can do everything on your phone. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Today's episode also brought to you by our old friend, Simply Safe. Newsflash, burglaries skyrocket over the summer. Right now, Simply Safe has a phenomenal security package with entry sensors, motion sensors, and glass break. Because you want to know when glass breaks and everything else you need to stop burglars from getting into your home. Get $100 off that package by going to simplysafebill.com. We're also brought to you by The Ringer's awesome podcast network. That includes The Ringer NBA Show. The Ringer MLB Show, The Ringer NFL Show, Keep It In 1600, The Watch, Channel 33. What am I forgetting, House? Check out! And speaking of TheRinger.com, we announced on Tuesday that our old Grantland family members, Shea Serrano and Mark Titus, will be joining our staff this summer. I miss those guys. Finally. Wow. A couple real OGs. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, couple guys who can go in and put up points, rebounds, and assists. Uh... Finally, my new HBO show is called Any Given Wednesday. We just did our third episode with Chris Bosh, Anthony Anderson, and Joe Rogan. Really fun. We are starting to work out all the kinks. Uh, watch the replays on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO Demand. And uh, HBO On Demand? HBO, yeah, HBO On Demand. I wrote that wrong. Sorry, HBO. Uh, find bonus clips there as well. We always put up like two or three bonus clips every episode. And we're actually going to, uh, in mid-July, we're going to run of the bonus material as a extended podcast here so you guys can listen to it all right i'm ready to talk hoops let's do it yeah. joe house yeah it's wednesday we're doing a little rolling it's thursday you don't even know what day it is what's wrong with you god i'm 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 completely discombobulated god you know what i know it's it's it hasn't even been a week since the last time we talked yeah and everything is different. That's why I'm discombobulated. Let's talk about. Uh, oh yeah, K, KD hadn't picked a team yet. The last time we talked. That yeah, Al Horford happened. was still a hawk last time we talked. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. D Wade was still on the Heat. Let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk about KD. Okay. I'm stunned by the Dwayne Wade thing. I just can't believe it. I kept thinking it was this game of chicken and then somebody was going to fold and he ended up on Miami. And the cars kept driving toward each other. They kept driving toward each other. And then they just collided head on. And now he's in Chicago. I can't believe it. The piece of... Yeah, the the, the thing about it that surprises me is the Heat and D-Wade couldn't figure out a way for D-Wade to be the franchise guy forever the way that Dallas and Dirk have have figured it out, apparently. Because it seems in this day and age unlikely that they just parted ways over 10 million bucks. That they couldn't figure out a way for D-Wade to get that 10 million bucks sometime down the road. I think it was more... No, I think it was more than just the 10 million bucks. I think this goes back to 2010, when he sacrificed, Levitard did a good breakdown in this in, in the Miami Herald on July 5th. Like, and it seemed like he had 
real information that this might not go well. That was the first time I was like, whoa. Um, but Wade took less to accommodate Bosch and LeBron. And then two years ago was the big one. He took less because he thought um, he thought LeBron was coming back. And then remember Bosch almost signed with Houston. And then they had to redo their offer for Bosch and give him the max and all this stuff. And Wade ended up taking a little bit of a back seat. And I think last year, same thing. This year, yeah, I, all of a sudden, white side. I get side, all that. I, I understand it. But I, I think it was just six years. Basketball money. That's just basketball money. That's I know, but I think Dwayne Wade was living. like, I think he was like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of this. Just give me my money. I, I'm not taking an, I'm not so taking it, less anymore. Just give me thing. money. Yeah, it was respect, ego, it was emotion. Re- That's it. Hundred percent. Okay. okay. Um, I, right. I just think, I just think he'd had it and. Well, it seems weird for it to break down over that for a guy that that's the face of the franchise. He's the face of Miami. I know. Well, the, the one of the weirder tidbits of this whole thing, I think it's true. I read it on Twitter from a reporter uh, <laughs> that Riley did ne- never called Wade during this whole process. That can't be true. It doesn't seem like it could be true, but it was reported. That for for whatever reason, maybe he was talking to Mickey Harrison, maybe he was talking to Riley's assistant. But my guess is that Riley, who's seventy one years old, who's pretty cold blooded, was looking at the big picture here and just wanted to be one of the few GMs who wasn't paying for past performance. All these guys always give the one last past performance paycheck, and he just didn't want to. He just wanted to do it. He wanted to rebuild. They have their they have their first round pick this year. And then Phoenix eventually gets two from him. So if they're ever going to rebuild, it would be this year. And I think he was just like, screw it. it. I'm and out. It'll either be a retooling because Bosch will be healthy and able to play um, a whole bunch of games, or it will be a rebuild because Bosch can't play. And their starting five will be, and we, I guess we'll see whether or not they match the Tyler Johnson uh, offer sheet. My guess um, is that they're going I, to. Oh, okay. I, the, the moratorium ended at twelve oh one midnight. I mean twelve oh one this morning. Yeah. So I don't know what, where that puts everybody um, in terms of actually being able to sign deals and folks who have to match. And where I don't that think them. I, Bosch. I talked to Bosch before we did the show. They did not want to talk yeah. about uh, anything about his condition on the show, which of course you know I wanted to talk about Golden State. That was fine with me. I wasn't going to ask him. A question that he had just been, oh, you know, it's just bad TV. Um, yeah. But he seemed really confident that he's going to play because we talked. Good. We talked beforehand. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he said all the right things. Um, We're rooting for it. I want to see him play basketball. I love watching Chris Bosch play basketball. Well, he said something interesting when we were talking. He was just like, he was like, I just miss it. He was like, I haven't played for like almost a year. I just miss it. Um, and you forget, like, these guys have a shelf life and then it's over and they're retired athletes and to just yeah. pull a, pull a whole year out of somebody's careers um, on top of all the health stuff. I'm, I'm sure it was pretty, I don't know, a roller coaster ride for him. He was great on my show though. I mean, he's, he's, uh, I agree. He was outstanding. He's like the number one draft pick. The thing is, I don't know if he's so smart and he's so measured. I'm not sure how that works on a studio show. If he's just, you know, if, if these little four-minute segments where you have to say your points as fast as possible—that's not his vibe. Like, I, inside the NBA, I think would be—I I think he could, could see, succeed on that show. 
because of the, they'd have more time. He'd have more time to think about what he said. But really, long form, I think, is better for him. He's so smart. Like the way he was able to tie in the Warriors with what happened to him and his situation and taking a back seat. Like we we didn't talk about that stuff ahead of time. Like he just did that in the moment. I, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, it was excellent. And it really was uh, a point of view an informed point of view yeah. that helps set the stage for how I'm going to think about, you know, what KD is up against, um, you know, going along with the dubs this coming season. Yeah, the I realized he's going to face. It's going to be great. I realized as we were doing it that he was probably one of only three people on the planet who could really have an educated opinion on what KD and Curry are going to go through. There's really only two other right, people that right. could have even even weighed in with real experience on it. it but. Um, it's incredible. Well, let's go back to Riley real quick. Yeah, so you and I, neither of us really thought Dwayne Wade was going to age well as a player because he can't shoot threes. And he's a guy that it's athletic ability, it's it's the herky-jerky stuff, it's getting to the rim. And as that starts to go athletically as you get older, then what do you become? You become Kobe in those last couple of years, just firing up 20-footers and threes. I, I think Riley probably, do you think he looked at what happened to Kobe these last four years and was like, I, I don't want any part of that? I, I don't know. It seems uh, like a like a weird, um, to use that as the barometer, the performance as the barometer. It's been sort of widely known that you're you, you all you want out of D-Wade during the regular season is 60 games anyways. What you really want is a healthy D-Wade in the playoffs. You don't, you're willing to give him his rest. You're willing to indulge. The injuries that occur because of um, how physical he plays, and so you you know going in that's 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 your your best D Wade. That's all you 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 aspire to. It seems so curiously enough, strangely enough, that it's about the money. Well, it's about it the money for paying. Wade. I I don't know if it was the money as much for Riley because if it's two years, what does he care? Two years forty versus two years forty seven, like. Basically, they would have had to sacrifice Tyler Johnson for it. I really think that he maybe thought Wade was going to hit a different point of his career. You know, the only the only thing that would make sense from from a GM perspective is you have a point of view on your young players um, and their opportunity, and you think that um, you're you're ready to to uh, give those young players a real test drive. You want to see what Justice Winslow and uh, Richardson. you know, Tyler Johnson, if they bring him back, Dragic. Yeah, and 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 you have and you just signed up Whiteside to to a, a, an extended deal. So this is this is the core group you're going to ride with, and you just want to see what they're all about. You don't know whether or not Bosch is going to be able to play a whole season, and you just watched what happens in a season where you have Bosch and Wade. Do you do you really want to just double down on that? Is 46, 47 wins? in a regular season and then, uh, you know, a, a first round or second round exit, your ceiling, is that is it worth going through that again? So Wade's 850, right? 855 games regular season, 166 in the playoffs. And as you said, do you want to go through it again? Well, what did you go through? You made the second round. You had a game seven against Toronto, a game that Dwayne Wade would have been the best player on the floor for four years ago. And this time around, no. Couldn't get by that. I don't think the team they have this year is going to be better than last year's team. So where are you? And 
you know, Riley's probably looking ahead and looking at, like, here, here's Wade, Wade in the playoffs in 2013, 16 points a game. Wade in 2014, 18 points a game. Last year, 2016, played 14 playoff games, 21.4 points a game. Um, obviously not the same guy. Well, that's, that's peak Wade. I mean, that's what you want. That's the best you're going to get out of him in the, with the current um, roster that you have. It's not peak Wade. It's it's post peak Wade, and he's probably no, looking no, at no, it I'm like saying that this is the very best you could hope for out of him at the at the stage of his career. That's yeah, like he's I'm not going to be better than those numbers. So if I'm paying twenty three, twenty four million a year for those numbers, where am I going? I don't know. I. But I respect it. I, I just, what surprised me is just, I thought Wade was one of those Miami for life guys. He just seemed like he's one of the too. best, he's one of the best 25 players ever. I guess we shouldn't be surprised yeah. though, because if you look back at the list, a lot of guys have left their teams near the end of their career. Like Gary Payton, Clyde Drexler, you know, the guy, if you just go through the top 40, Ewing left, these guys all leave at some point. It's it's pretty rare it's to just stay from start to finish, do the Reggie Miller Dirk thing. That that's less likely than more likely. And a lot of the guys, uh, including Barkley, um, left their very last situations to go try and find a ring. I mean, Barkley it was funny for him to go out, go after KD for chasing a ring when he blatantly did so with the Rockets um, after the Rockets had won two in a row. So I'm looking at my old pyramid right now. Um. Just after you get through the top set, like Duncan stayed the whole time, Kobe stayed, Jerry West stayed, Oscar switched teams, Hakeem ended up in Toronto, Shaq bounced around, Moses bounced around, Havlicek stayed, Baylor stayed, Doc stayed, Pettit stayed, Malone went to the Lakers, Barkley bounced around, KG bounced around, Isaiah retired early, Pippen bounced around, Stockton stayed, Barry bounced around, Rick Barry, Dwayne Wade it's going to bounce around, it looks like. Robinson stayed. Yeah. So it seems like it's 50-50. I guess we shouldn't be that surprised. George Garvin bounced around. Um, I it still, feel, it still feels weird to me that we're going to watch a Miami Heat game without Dwayne Wade in it. it. Just as it would feel weird if we watched a Dallas game and Dirk wasn't there because Dirk was on, you know, Phoenix. It would just be weird. Yeah, thir- 13 years ago, we were in our sort of early to mid-30s. <laughs> right. Um, you you lived in Boston 13 years ago. I know. Or you had just moved to L.A. I just moved. But here's the weirder yeah. thing about this. Dwayne Wade is now on a team with Rajan Rondo. Those two guys hate each other. Wade almost it's broke like, his elbow once. They Stylistically, it's a complete failure. It's a team that's built out of 1995. Neither of them can shoot from more than you know 18 feet. And... In this whole world of spacing and how important three pointers are and all this stuff, you're now putting two guys who aren't pace and space guys from a team that just said they're going to play pace and space. And then on the other hand, who's going to guard like Steph Curry? Who's going to guard Damian Lillard? Neither of those guys want to play defense anymore. This could be it's that's a, a backcourt that could glorious. lead to a hundred point game. It's a glorious train wreck. I mean, I'm so happy. The combination of Hoiberg, Rondo, and and, and D Wade, with Jimmy Butler, who's also you know on, on the on the come here, a guy who uh, you know has been in in trade discussions for what feels like you know six months now, and he was sort of asserting some alpha dog uh, there at the end of the, of, of the season. 
wow, is it going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and somebody who probably thought he was going to be the face of the franchise, this is my team now, and now Dwayne Wade shows up with Rondo. R- Rondo, not that. <laughs> I, I'm i always going to defend Rondo, but there's a lot of evidence at his last couple stops that he's not the easiest teammate. And uh, and that he'll train, <laughs> that he might steamroll the wrong coach. That's your analysis counselor. Yeah, that's the my evidence analysis. suggests that he's not the easiest to get along with. <laughs> and he might steamroll the wrong coach. Fred Hoiberg looked completely <laughs> overmatched last year. I don't know if Rondo is, is going to be the right guy for him. And then you have stubborn oh, old guy good. Dwayne Wade, and you have it, then you have on top of that the whole Dwayne Wade was Mr. Marquette, and then Butler went there, and. When I did the podcast with Butler, I got the feeling that they weren't. It wasn't a big brother, little brother relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. Tate, you get that feeling? I got it. Yeah. All right. Take out Joe. You were there too, right? You got that feeling? Yeah. It didn't seem like it was like, oh yeah, Dwayne Wade took me under my wing. So you have that, and you just have this weird team that's got Robin Lopez and Taj Gibson, and who's shooting on this team other than Doug McDermott? Amiritich will be the shooter, right? But he doesn't make shot. He doesn't make threes. I think he's, he's he's their best shooter. I don't know what to tell you. He's gonna. He, I think he's oh, in their luck. starting five. Yeah, good luck. Good luck playing defense um, with Meritich, Dwayne Wade, and Rondo. I'm look. Well, I'm looking for ways for my almost bullets to crack the playoffs. So I'm fine with all of this weird stuff. But I look at the East. Let's do the East real quick. Hold it's, on. But it's gonna be hard. Wait. Hold on. Go ahead. Before we do that. Go ahead. Uh, what's your favorite home run that you've ever seen in person? Barry Bonds hit a home run in RFK Stadium um, against uh, Chad Cordero, who was the best Nats closer when the Nats um, opened up here. And Barry Bonds hit it about 793 feet. He hit it into the top shelf of RFK Stadium. Did you feel like it was enhanced? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, I felt enhanced. I was invigorated. I was stimulated. The, The three best homers I've ever seen. Actually, before I tell you my three homers, uh, I want to mention T-Mobile. They've changed oh. they've changed the wireless game for good. They've doubled their LTE coverage over 2015 and 2016. Today, they reach 309 million Americans. Their extended range LTE signal reaches two times farther, and it's four times stronger in buildings than ever before. And I mention this because now they have the home run derby covered as well. If you fill out a home run derby bracket at MLB.com slash Bracket Challenge. You could win a trip for four to game one of the World Series. No purchase necessary to enter and win ends July 10th. Uh, open a legal residence of the 50 U.S. states and D.C. where you live. Uh, 18 cool. plus, void where prohibited. For official rules and complete details, visit MLB.com slash Bracket Challenge. My favorite homers are... Um, McGuire's home run and the home run derby that went on in the Mass Pike and almost caused a 40-car pileup that went like 900 feet. I was sitting in the bleachers. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And we thought the balls were juiced, which was the funniest part. Uh, Daryl Strawberry, I went to a Mets-Astros game, a Mets-Astros playoff game. I think it was game four. They came back and won. I think Backman and Backman or Dykstra scored the winning one. But Straw, they were down three runs. And he had a homer that I think went out of the stadium. And it was just majestic. It was unbelievable. Poor Daryl. And then uh, Ortiz in the in the uh, Yankees series, the 2004. He in Game Four, he finished. He finished. He finished the Dave Roberts steal game with a home run. So those are my three. Anyway, T-Mobile changing the game for good. Back to the East. 
You and I went head to head with Al Horford. I won. Yeah, that my was, offer was better. That made the, that made Saturday exciting. You called me up. It was Saturday, right? Yeah, it was Saturday. Yeah, I called you up. I said I said we're going head to head, and then and I, I you immediately conceded because the Wizards slash Bullets always lose head to head situations. You're like, well, congratulations. That, I guess you're nice. getting Al Horford. I went on Twitter and tried to um, persuade Al. Just based on the weather. I mean, it's it just it's just too damn cold in Boston. He's got to go outside at some point. Mm. Winter starts in September and ends in May. If you're if you're okay with that, then fine. I mean, Al Horford's Dominican by by origin. So he would like he's the, been in cold like that. Yeah, he might. So he would like the DC humidity a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, that was the best I could come up with. I uh, I was driving around Saturday, I had, catching up on a whole bunch of shit. And all of a sudden, it seems like we might get Al Horford. Then it seems like the Hawks are going to get him. Woj had a tweet. I'm looking at my Twitter timeline. Woj had a tweet. Al Horford now strongly going back, leaning toward going back to the Hawks, but whatever. And then like four minutes later, it was like, Al Horford's going to Boston. I don't know what changed, but it was incredible. It was, I went I had this, this swing of emotions from, oh, my God, we lost Al Horford. Oh, my God, we got Al Horford. And then... There's about five hours there where I really started thinking about the Durant, Horford, Jimmy Butler threesome. Because I, I think if the Celtics thought they were getting Durant, I think they would have just overpaid for Jimmy Butler and made that the big three. And uh, and I'm reading into it like, well, they finished their meeting with Durant in the Hamptons, and 20 minutes later, Al Horford signed with the Celtics. What does that mean? My dad and I were like out of our minds. And then, of course, Durant goes to the Warriors. But uh, Al Horford... <laughs> Second best free agent. Yep. Right. Second base best free agent would have would have really put um, a, a sweet taste in folks' mouths here in in the DMV. After I mean, basically here in in, in Washington, uh, the you know basketball fans with their ear to the ground understood that the minute that the salary kit at that TV deal was signed, that there was no chance that Washington was getting. Durant because the advantage that Washington had built for itself was all the salary cap room, and yeah. then that that the entire underlying infrastructure for that went right out the effing door. Yeah, with the new TV deal. So um, how embarrassing you didn't get a meeting though. I mean, seriously, that was embarrassing. Well, what, what would the, what would have been the point? Well, you know, based on the teams that he was talking to that he did take meetings with, they all had a certain profile, a certain similarity. What was that? Was the, um, the chance to win the effing NBA championship next season? That's pretty tough for the Wizards, though. <laughs> That's right. So two why, years why of rhetoric. Give them a meeting. Two years of rhetoric it's, it's, that it's he a, might come home. I know it's a you. You make the you do your best. You make your best plans, and you end up with um, Jason Smith. Pat on the back. <laughs> Jason Smith, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, and now when is John Wall's contract up? Not for a while, right? Eighteen, nineteen. All right, you got like some a, time. <laughs> yeah, you know where this but is still, headed. He, he, Hold on, but deep down, he's, you he's, know where this be is headed. Forty million dollars less than Beal over that. Oh, I for, we forgot where to talk headed? about that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, we forgot to Bradley Beal for one hundred thirty-three million. Uh huh. All right, let's say that. So it's a five-year deal. That's four hundred and ten possible regular season games for him to play. You're paying him. Yeah. You're paying him one hundred thirty-three million. What is the over under of games that he's going to play out of those four ten? If I if I said two ninety 
290 if to bet your life that Bradley Beal will play over 290 of those 410 games. Would you bet your life on that? I'm not. I don't like bet your life. All right. Would you I, bet? I, I prefer to just be. I would just. I'm not going to bet on it. I just want to be an irrational homer for for 10 seconds. The okay. kid just turned 23 years old. Maybe he's done growing. Maybe whatever the leg elements are mm. are all part of and attributable to him still, you know, there, there's a lot of um, uh, incidents where, um, you know, professional athletes are still still growing. So maybe he's finally in the body that he's going to be in for the rest of his life. And all that stuff's behind him. He's got a new training regimen. Yeah. And he, we're going to see 77 games out of him this coming season. And the five he takes off will be for rest. During that whole rant. Why can't that happen? During that whole rant, Tate was laughing. Like the, the entire time, God. not even like half of it, like the entire time from the moment you started, you started laughing. Just want you to know that. Uh, maybe you're like right. Kate. I don't care. Maybe Bradley Beal's done growing. But you know what? It's a $133 million gamble to find out. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh, my God. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You do have a choice. You didn't have to sign him. You traded him. Could and you sign what? and trade him? No, he's unrestricted. Was he restricted or unrestricted? He was restricted this season, unrestricted next, which is why they had to get it done now, I think. I don't agree. Why not just make him restricted? Make somebody come in and give him a restricted offer and then just match it, and then you get him for four years instead of five. Why not do that? What's wrong with know. that idea? Don't ask me. I'm not in charge. It would save $40 million. Now you're sad. They, now I they, just made you sad. They have a point of view that they want the guy as he's turning 23 for the five-year lockup. What have they done over the last 10 years to make you trust any decision they'd make? They did acquire Karan Butler. That was the best thing that Grunfeld's done in his entire— That was like um, eight tenure. years ago. Well, you asked 10. 10 years the best I could Why are you trying with. to defend the, the bullets? It's the, mo- it's, it's the off season. It's most dysfunctional. I, I'm looking at at the eight teams that are going to make the playoffs in the East, and yeah. there's there's two teams that I feel like are going to drop out. I feel like Atlanta's going to drop out, mm. and I feel like Miami's going to be right on on the edge because of um, Bosch, the unknown with his health. And there's five teams on the bubble looking in. It's it's the Bulls, it's the Magic, it's the Knicks, the Bucks, and my almost bullets. All on the outside looking in. Five right. teams fighting for two spots, if that's that's what we're talking Congratulations. about. Congratulations. I just and I wanna... like our chances as much as anybody. Great. Uh, I just want to say that the Celtics, who are now probably the second best team in the East and have the fifth best odds to win the title, which I thought was interesting. It's not a complete team yet, but they have the ability to make one more trade. And they have six like really good defensive players now. Horford's an excellent defensive player. Amir Johnson's well above average. Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder. And now there's Jalen Brown kid who's, yeah. who's probably going to give me a drinking problem. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> Have you been watching him on, in summer basketball? It's everything. He, he There's this Jalen Brown mixtape that they did have from the first summer league game, and it's amazing. He's a freak athlete. And he has three different finishes, and each one is majestic and beautiful, and he misses the layup in all three. And he gets fouled in all of them, but each time he doesn't make it, and I just know that's the next 15 years of my life is just me being tantalized by Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown learned how to finish. Um, no, I, I'm very encouraged by him. When you watch him, when you watch him match up with uh, 
with Ben Simmons, and you just see like that, yeah. just the length and just the fearlessness of going. Like I, I think he has a chance to be a really special defender, and uh, and I'm going to talk myself well, into that pick. I think I already the- did. He's arriving in a wonderful situation to learn defense, um, and he's, he's going to have absolutely the best opportunity um, to make his mark in the league first on defense. If so, we're going to be able to get stops, you put out— Congratulations. You put out Smart, Bradley, Crowder, Jalen Brown, Horford. We're getting stops. We're, we're, we're locking teams down with that, unless it's like the LeBron type. I forgot to mention the, the, my prediction for the Boulay. You're, it's it's all destiny. It's headed for Boogie Cousins. It's headed for you doing the Boogie Cousins over pay trade. That's where I'm this fine is going. With that. Yeah, I think it's Who good for you. Who do I have you. to give up for him? You went him and John Wall. Put give up a bunch of first round picks and a whole bunch of other stuff. Whatever you need to Beal? do. I'll give up Beal. Beal for Boogie. Beal and some picks for Boogie. That's great. That's what you should do. I would do, do it now. Um, do you I like would do this? It right now. Do you kind of secretly deep down like this Knicks roster? Just I like a little it bit. the same way I, I like the um, the Bulls roster. It's it's going to be fascinating. I think uh, you know it's a, it's a it's so bizarre. What are they trying to accomplish? What's the goal for this season? Is it a credible basketball team so that maybe they have a chance at making the playoffs? Is that the goal? I I, I mean, what's interesting? What would bother me if I'm a Knicks fan is they just threw out just a slew of four year deals. <laughs> And Phil Jackson was basically like, I just want to be good the next two years. I'm probably not going to be here four years from now. So let's just worry about these next two. <laughs> right? That was my takeaway so from cynical. those moves. No, I don't mean to be a dick, but it's like you don't need to give all of these guys four-year deals. You don't need to give Lance Thomas a four-year deal. Like You're just throwing cap space away for three, four years from now to build this team that's probably like a 47-win team. But with that said, I really like the Brandon Jennings signing. I thought that was a fair price for Courtney Lee. Like we talked about when we talked on the phone on Saturday, um, you just got to divide the contracts almost in half for what yeah, we're used to right. them being worth. So like Courtney Lee, four for 50 last year, that's four for 30. And you would do that. Sure. So yep. I don't know. Like the Brandon Jennings thing was really sneaky. I think he's got a lot of basketball left. You put him with Courtney Lee and Carmelo and Porzingis. Um, well, you and, have to have Jennings because you 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 know that uh, you're not penciling in, you're not put, you're using a pen to put down 75 games for D Rose. Yeah, and I really think that D Rose thing was more about just getting an expiring contract, taking a flyer on him. If it works, it works. But really, they were able to get rid of Lopez and Calderon in that deal, which opened up the cap space to do a couple more things. And then if Rose turns out great, it's certainly. A, the Bulls and Knicks, it's certainly good. Like, if they're on TNT in November, I'm probably going to watch the game. There's just a lot of players oh, I'm, I'm used to. It's like, oh, there's Derrick Rose. Oh, there's Dwayne Kurt Wade. Rambis hey, still that's the Rondo. coach of the Knicks, by the way? No, they signed uh, Jeff Kurt Hornacek. Kurt the coach? He's an assistant. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we went through this. That's right. He's an assistant. The big losers of free agency and really the last year were the Orlando Magic. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're doing. It, there's no rhyme or reason to any move they made. I'm so confused. They do the giveaway Tobias Harris last February, who had a great contract for what we saw all the contracts, you know, where that where all they're headed. They give away Sabonis, the Sabonis pick, with Oladipo, who I'm still all in on. 
number two pick in the draft to get a year out of Ibaka. Then they bring in Bismack. They already have Vucevic, and they have Aaron Gordon. I don't know how all those guys are going to play together. Then they go and they pay $9 million a year for DJ Augustine when there's a million fringe point guards out there. They pay, they take Jody Meeks for like $7 million. They pay Jeff Green one year $15 million. Like, what the hell are you doing, Orlando? What, what the hell is what Orlando doing? What the hell is going doing? on? Are you, are you, what, what, what are you the- trying to be? What is this? <laughs> it's really, really, really confusing. We have an Orlando fan. We have Kevin Clark in our office who's an Orlando fan. And every time the magic come up, like he just the life sinks out of his body. He's like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, and they, the other one that was really confusing me was the Clippers. They basically just brought everyone back without Cole Aldridge, who Except played huge minutes for them. Without Cole Aldridge. And without exactly. Jeff Green, who they gave the number one pickup for. What I mean, what is that team? They have the same problem well, they had the before. They have, no perimeter, ever. they have no perimeter defense. So the trades, and you mentioned your team being poised to trade, the, the great big names that are out there on the trade block, trading block. Millsap. Yep. Russie. And, and, uh, and Blake, right? Millsap's feelings have to be hurt. There's eight hours there where they're just openly shopping him. You know, and they, what was was weird is, so why would you want to have Al Horford over Millsap when Millsap's contract was so much better? Because they'd locked in Millsap at last year's dollars. Horford, they were going to give like five years, 130 million or whatever would end up being. They offered that to him. Why wouldn't I just rather. According to the report. Yeah, but why wouldn't I have Paul Millsap at like three years for 50? I thought Paul Millsap was the best guy on that team last year. I really like Al Horford, but Millsap I thought was the guy on that team. Well, they are. Isn't Millsap? What's his contract? What's what's left on it? It's three years at at a much more palatable price, and he's also a better fit with Dwight. Did you like that for them, Dwight? Uh, I liked it when they had Horford on the team. I thought, oh, Atlanta. You know, this, this is a you know at least a a move to um, crack that upper tier of of the East. But you can't lose Horford in the process. Now, now what are they? Now who the hell are they? It's Schroeder, Dwight, Millsap, Bazemore. Corver. Corver. I think that's still a playoff team. He still team. hasn't recovered from what Della Vadova did to him. That's still a playoff team. Let me throw this out to you with Dwight Howard. Has he ever played with a good point guard before? Ever? Jameer Nelson? That's his best point guard. We talked about this last week. Is, yeah. is Schroeder going to be his best point guard? Yeah. I, I think Schroeder, okay. Schroeder might actually get him, might get him the ball on fast breaks. Might actually look for him. Is he going to run? Are we going to see Dwight run? Maybe. If he thinks he'll get the ball, maybe he'll run? Maybe. What, whatever situation is, it's going to be better than the one he was in last year watching James Harden just go one on five. Hey, uh, I want to talk about headspace. Okay. Mo- most problems begin in your head. Stress, depression, fear, sleeplessness, they start in your mind, they worm their way into the rest of your life. Well, how can you change that house? I know how you can change it. Some people play golf. I like to play Golden Tee. I was on Facebook Live yesterday. I tried to shoot a 60 in Golden Tee. I shot 62. People have their things. Some people meditate. Uh, And with Headspace, you can meditate for 10 minutes a day. 
There's a mountain of science showing the positive effects of mindfulness. Headspace is an app that provides guided meditations that you can use whenever you want on your phone, computer, or tablet. Sessions focused on everything from dealing with stress, depression, um, to help you eat more mindfully, to help you get to sleep easier, to help you forget about You know what the- I could have used some headspace after Horford signed with Boston? I was going to say after the Beal $133 million contract, you just put the headspace no, app on for 10 coming. minutes. Um, that, that wasn't stressful. It's 1% of your day that can change the other 99. So download the Headspace app. Start your journey toward a happier, healthier life. Learn more at headspace.com slash BS. Headspace is cool. I urge people to check that out. Uh, trades. Is there any way Russell Westbrook's on Oklahoma City a year from now? I, I, can't, I can't imagine it. I can't come up with a scenario. That doesn't mean that he won't end up there. I just can't right now. Um, you know, sift, sift through the, the the variables and come up with a scenario where wherein he stays there. All right, you're running OKC. Would you trade him right now? No, absolutely not. When would you trade him? Once the season starts. I think that we have been observing with this with the new money and the um, ways that the irrational ways that teams are behaving that opportunities are sh- are showing up and there are so many chapters yet to be written on um, player movement all the way up until the February trade deadline I don't think there's any urgency like the price of, of Russell Westbrook isn't going to change unless he gets hurt between now and February I don't think. It, it can only go in one direction. I don't think it's going to go down is, is the way I would think about it. What if I offered you Isaiah Thomas and my 2017 Brooklyn pick? No way. F off is what I would say <laughs> to that. <laughs> F what, you. What if I threw in the 2018 Brooklyn pick? Go S a D. That's what I would say to that. <laughs> okay. What if I offered Big you... fat one. What if I offered you D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, and Julius Randle? Hmm. Oh. No, you, least, you paused on that one. I would sit down and say, I would think about it because that's a, that's a young core. Yeah. Um, that has a, you know, an enormous upside. You want to get a little bit of intelligence of, of how the three of them may play together. Because, for instance, we don't know yet. Ingram might not quite be uh, NBA basketball ready. He might not physically be up to it because he's so slight yeah. of frame. Russell, I think, is ready. I like Russell. And Randall, um, post the leg injury, looked pretty good at a couple stretches. But it was really impossible to get a feel for those young Laker players last season because of the utter abortion that was the uh, Kobe Bryant exit tour a uh, couple with Byron Scott's, um, you know, uh, Mensa strategy, Mensa basketball strategy. What about what so if who I? Who the hell knows whether those those young guys are good? What if I offered you Chris Dunn, Andrew Wiggins, and Zach Levine for Westbrook? Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's really really interesting because I think Wiggins. That now you're starting to get some real. Some I real actually value think that's there. too much. I think OKC would have to throw some stuff back. But for Minnesota, it's yeah. like part of the art. If if Westbrook really does become available, is do you have a chance to resign him? Are you mortgaging the future for one year and then he doesn't stay? So you'd almost have to 
you'd have to have a real feeling for whether he's going to stay. I there's part there's a part well, they of can't, me. They good. They can't do what they just did. They can't risk it. They can't risk that he might change his mind based on things that happened two weeks before he's supposed to decide, because they they've now. Um, tried both approaches. They tried to get value for Harden before the season started, and that didn't work out. And they tried to wait for KD and, and use all of the um, intangible leverage that they could bring to the table. He's the face of the franchise. He's the face of the city. Yeah. Um, you know, they're right on the brink of a title. So they've tried the, the, the two ways of, of getting guys, you know, value for guys, and neither one of them have worked. They, they can't repeat either of those mistakes with Westbrook. If you're Westbrook, right. can you ask for a trade, or do you just stay silent? How do you play it? Or, or I think there's like a 30% chance that he goes into like all-time alpha dog mode. He's like, you know what? We're going to win without KD. Fuck that guy. And he I just like throws that. himself that, into the year. I, this is my team now. That's got an entertaining, this. Westbrook. And FYI, that OKC team's still pretty good. Still pretty good. I yeah. agree. It's still like a top eight team. They got Westbrook. They got Old Depot. They got uh, Sabonis and Cantor and Steven Adams, I think, is probably the best. Uh, if you're picking centers, I'd probably want him for the next seven years over any other center, any other pure center. They have cap room and some assets that yeah. put them in the conversation for trade acquisition of go- of those guys we mentioned. Maybe Jimmy Butler. Maybe Blake. Maybe Millsap. Blake's and any of those three guys, along with Russie? <laughs> interesting. <laughs> That's uh, what I say. Waiters Island probably not coming back. I, Good luck. The problem is we saw that team without Durant when Westbrook was in his crazy 30 shots a game thing uh, a season and a half ago. Yeah. They and, missed the playoffs. And everyone went, yeah, everyone nuts about how great his stats were, but... They weren't winning, and the force of his personality, I thought, really affected his team. I didn't like. This team I didn't is like much that better style. than that team, though. I hope so. I think Oladipo is going to be really important for them. I'm a believer. I think. I think. I think Westbrook and Oladipo is going to be a great backcourt. I'm really all in on that backcourt, and I think Sabonis is going to be good right away. I don't think they're going to miss Sabaka nearly as much as it seems because they weren't using him correctly. And uh, right. And they, they're the thing that that hurts. And this is, I mean, this is like the all-time stupidest no-brainer of a comment, but it's also really worth mentioning. They lost Durant and Ibaka, and it's not just like losing those guys on paper and all the shit they do, and the fact that Durant's one of the best three players in the world. But they had those guys had length, and the length was what made that team special. And that length is just gone now. You know, now it's just in a conventional basketball swoop. team. Um, on top of all the other stuff they lost with Durant, but losing him and Ibaka together, just fundamentally, they're not the long, athletic, crazy thunder. Yesterday, NBA TV had um, Game 5 of the Lakers' thunder from 2012, um, which is a forgotten series. It was really like the nail in the coffin of the Lakers era. Bynum was still in the Lakers and Gasol, all those people. And, uh, yeah. and they blew him out in Game 5 in OKC. And... It seemed like it was 20 years ago. Hard, skinny Harden was out there. His beard wasn't as long. Or young Durant, Westbrook, like just this, you know, at the peak of how crazy of an athlete he was. Abaka. Uh, it's just hard for me to believe it's over. That team should have dominated the decade. It's crazy. This is 
you look at um, the all-time what-if teams, and they've got to be in the top four. Like, every decade's had one, right? Like, Port, the Blazers were the 70s what-if team. The Rockets were the 80s what-if team. Orlando was the 90s what-if team. Um, I think Shaq and Kobe and the Lakers were the what-if team in the 2000s because they only won three titles. They really, really should have won, like, seven. And then this decade, it's the Thunder, and that's how we're going to remember them. Like, we're going to look back and go, how the fuck did that team not win a title? It's amazing. Yeah, right. It is. That's right. Combination of, of bad luck and um, some decision-making, some poor poor judgment. Yeah, although that, dis- that decision-making has great, been— They are a great what-up team. Two things about that decision making that's just been spun. I don't want to talk about the hard trade again, but um, I know they could have kept him that season, which every nobody mentions. They didn't have to trade him. They could have just kept him for the 2012-2013 season, made a real run, and then he was a restricted free agent the next summer. And either people make the offer, you match it. It would have been four years, sixty-four, or you let him go. But they could have had him for that summer. Um, that's one thing. And two, they never they never amnestied Perkins. They kept him on the roster was, for three it, more years. They never amnestied him. Was, they never used their amnesty. It, I, that, it is the most confounding thing. Uh, and, and, and not just did they not amnesty him. Scotty Brooks insisted on playing him in the playoffs. I know. And it drove the analytics community absolutely bonkers it was one of my favorite you know twitter reads would be to go on um while while the thunder are playing and kendrick perkins is out on the floor and watch it get hot and the, and the frustrating thing is you hear about the small market stuff and well they couldn't have gone over the tax all the repeater tax all the stuff well for one thing they didn't have to go over the tax in 2012 2013 if they had just let harding become a restricted free agent that's one thing second um the amnesty would have helped them a little bit, but the reality is they bought that team for, I think, less than $300 million, and by last year, that team was worth like a, a billion dollars, you know, and I they know. were banking I, profits I, I, year after year after year. I think I figured out in the 2013 column, they probably made 75 to $80 million profit just in revenue from the revenue sharing during the first couple years of like from 2010 to 2013. I forget the exact number. But it's somewhere in the vicinity of that. And oh, so you, you couldn't take the luxury tax hit for two years? Like, then sell the team. Your team's worth a billion dollars. If you can't handle I it, know, sell it. I know. You can't. It they, feels a little bit like keeping on at this moment. I think it's right to call out OKC. Okay, you and I both um, don't have any particular sympathy or empathy for the situation because of. Yeah, we're, um, we're agnostic. Hold on. I want to keep talking about this. Yeah. We got to talk about Framebridge really quickly. <laughs> Our buddies at Framebridge, they're the ones who beautifully frame nearly every post in my office as well as a couple on our Any Given Wednesday set. Go to Framebridge.com. Oh. Pick, pick out the frame you want. Let their designers help you choose. Preview your item in any frame style. Um, you can even upload a picture on the Framebridge site or app, and they'll, they'll frame it that way. Upload one from Instagram. They don't care. They'll do whatever you want. They have an expert team. They'll custom frame your item in days, not weeks or months. They will deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. In style called Framebridge, the genius site that makes custom framing easy. They even offer a happiness guarantee. Uh, instead of the hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, their prices start at 39 bucks. All shipping is free. And I got to say, the TLC that they put in their framing and packaging is amazing. It's one of my all-time favorite companies. I am a Framebridge groupie. 
Their prices start at 39 bucks. Shipping is free. Go to framebridge.com. Use promo code BS. You get 15% off your first order. Here's why I brought up the OKC thing. Because the narrative when Durant left, which was pushed out in multiple places I read, um, made it seem like, well, KD wasn't really like what he made it seem like he was like. He changed. He's impressionable. He had people around him. He had outside forces that pushed him to this. Yeah, they, we, we don't have to name names. That, that's ridiculous. I mean, they, they, and by the way, speaking of, of calling um, reports of, of what, what happened ridiculous, we do have an apology to make later in this I podcast. know. We're going to do but, that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I I I saw a lot of that stuff too, and it's just not, it, it's I mean, speculation at best. We're at, we're agnostic. I don't really care. Yeah. I was upset Durant didn't go to Boston, but ultimately, like, I don't care who's right. Okay, so you're Durant. What I didn't like was that this portrayal that he was weak, that there was a weakness I, to the decision that that he took the coward's way out, and. I just don't agree with it. I thought Bosch made a really good point on my show last night about when you get that close, sometimes that's the hardest. When you get that close, when you can taste it, and it really fundamentally like just aches and hurts, and you just want to get away from it. And I think there were so many decisions that led to to what he wanted to do, and I didn't feel like they were reflected in the reporting. For one thing... Maybe he's just tired of playing with Russell Westbrook. Played with him for eight years. Maybe maybe he loves Westbrook as a friend. He just didn't want to play with him anymore. Maybe he was tired of living in Oklahoma City, which is a really small city where he stands out. He's a seven-foot black guy walking around this tiny little town in, in the middle of America, and everywhere he goes, people know where who he is and what he's up to and what he's doing. Maybe he just didn't want to deal with that anymore. Maybe he wanted to live in the Bay Area. Maybe he wanted to buy some house in San Francisco and just be left alone. Maybe he wanted to, you know, be more of a business guy and be around Silicon Valley people. Maybe he wanted to play with Steph Curry and Draymond and these guys. Maybe he wanted to be in a better offense. Maybe he wanted to be on a team that just spends money. Nobody talked about that part. He's on a team that's going to spend fucking money now. He was not in that situation in Oklahoma City. He wanted to be in the best position to succeed in an organization that put every available resource into spending money on their team. So how does that make him weak? It, not not to mention the chance to play for Steve Kerr. Yeah. Guy with a pretty good track record. He's never Guy had a good coach. Never had a good coach. That's precisely the point I was going to make. That's exactly right. I'm in violent agreement with you on all of those things. It's it, That's the beauty of, of what the collective bargaining agreement affords these players. I support it. The players have a right to self-determination when the circumstances provide the opportunity. And for, for KD, it, it genuinely struck me as something that was like sort of week by week. The set of circumstances that led to him heading off to, to Golden State if, right. if if OKC had beat Golden State, he would have stayed. If the Warriors had won again, he might have stayed. I mean, I'll think about how everything sort of changed in 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 great big dramatic fashion from week to week that led to this the situation being the attractive thing that it that it turned out to be just last week. And and the, I don't think it speaks to his character one bit. And the loyalty thing is really annoying to me. First of all. Um, 
Clay Bennett moved the moved the Thunder from Seattle to Oklahoma City. That doesn't seem very well because loyal. Seattle. Um, he tried to hold Seattle hostage for a publicly funded stadium, yeah. and then they wouldn't p- pony up. So yeah, let's you know, not, let's of not course talk, he had the right to do that. Let's ask Seattle about character in the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's one thing. Second, um, he signs a huge extension in 2010 to stay there for five years. So does Westbrook, and then a year later they just trade Harden. I don't know about the loyalty there. They fired Scotty Brooks a year ago. That doesn't seem very loyal. Sports isn't loyal. Shit happens. You know, and I know Durant was talking about, yeah, but the community, all this stuff. But you know what? He's 28. Shit changes. I changed my mind a million times in my mid-20s. We act like these guys are like 45 years old. Durant's 28. Or I don't even, is he 28 yeah, or 27? 27 going on. What? I think to put in a piece, like to, to talk about his decision in the context of him proposing to his girlfriend and then changing his mind, like that's, I don't agree with that at all. He's 23, yeah. he got engaged, and then he called the engagement off. What the fuck does that have to do with him signing with the Warriors? Right. I, we're, we're in violent agreement about that. You know I what? Like yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he has people in his life who thought it was a better situation for him to be at Golden State. To be at a team that has unlimited resources, to be at a team that now has four of the best twelve players in the world, and and to be in the Bay Area and to be around. Well, how about this? Yeah. Reminder: Some of those people in his life are the people that pay him the real money. Nike. He doesn't right. make his money playing basketball. He makes his money from his shoe contract. I think Nike might have had a little say in that matter. Yeah, and you know what? I, I went from thinking, well, why would a Nike guy, why would Nike want their guy to be on an Under Armour team? Actually, it's brilliant because now instead of being an Under Armour team, that's now an Under Armour and Nike team, you know? Yes. And, yes, of course. So, look, I get it. You know, I totally get being bitter when when somebody leaves. Roger Clemens, he left Boston. I wrote a whole piece five years later. Is Roger Clemens the Antichrist? I get the bitterness. It fucking hurts when when somebody that you love and you rooted for leaves. I get it. Um, The Clemens thing for me, everyone in Boston was bitter because he was out of shape the last couple years he was in Boston. Then he went to Toronto. He got in shape and he went to Cy Young's. And he did whatever else he was up to at that point. Um, This to me was different. Durant gave everything he had to that team. Um, I also we are we positive that he didn't like they you know he broke his foot, he came back too soon. He had to have two more surgeries on it. Maybe he didn't trust the team from a medical standpoint. Maybe that played a tiny bit of a factor. Who the fuck knows? I I thought it was totally. If if it was a situation of he's grabbing the money, well he took a two year deal. What money did he grab? Like he clearly just wanted no, a basketball situation, and he wanted to he wanted a change. He'd been in Oklahoma City for eight years. Maybe he just wanted to live somewhere else. I don't know. People like San Francisco. I've heard. I was upset. Pretty I, great American city. I thought when LeBron went to Miami, that bothered me a lot more than this Durant thing. Yeah, I'm in the same boat, and it's mainly because he did it the way he did it. I, I you know, if if uh, they hadn't, if he hadn't done it on a television show, and then the 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 day after the moratorium, gone on stage down in Miami and did this whole hoo ha parade thing with Bosch and and D Wade, like they were, uh, you know, movie stars, all of that rankled, all of that left yeah. a bad taste. That was great. Durant kept uh, 
If, if he hadn't done that, we might have been able to think about that whole thing differently. I uh, I hope he gets cheered when he goes back. I thought he gave Oklahoma. I thought he was just an awesome ambassador for that city and for that team. And I'm sure it hurts the fans. I feel for the fans. Um, but at the same time, you know, people change. He's in his late. People change their most, in my opinion, in their late twenties. I think that's when you really start to figure out who you are as a human being and what and where your life and what you've learned and where your life's going. And obviously he just wanted to change. He wanted to live somewhere else and want to play for a better team. And that's it. That's it. Good for him. It's a, fa- it's a fair KD analysis, right? We we're, we're in agreement and people don't like it when we're in agreement, but yeah, of course it's a fair analysis. It's okay. fair to him. He, he, he had the choice and he, and he took it. I don't have any problem with it. All right, so four months ago, people were circulating this clip this week of us. Woj, and people don't realize, like, Woj and I like each other. Woj had this report in the vertical about how the Warriors were making a serious run at Kevin Durant. At the time they wrote this, at the time he wrote this, they were 43-4. and And from what we knew about the salary cap at that point, they would have had to have gotten rid of Harrison Barnes, Andre Iguodala, Azili, and Bogut, and then renounced all their other contracts like McAdoo and Clark just to be able to fit Durant into the salary cap. So we did a podcast, and we reacted to this. And I wasn't doubting the reporting. Not positively. I didn't doubt the reporting. <laughs> I just thought he was, you know, I thought it was more likely that other teams were feeding him this to try to sabotage the Warriors. And my mindset was, why would the Warriors be thinking about next year when they – already have one of the best teams of all time and maybe if the way this season is going the best team of all time why would they want it out there with their players that they're already thinking about next year and blowing up the team that seems crazy to me well now the report first of all we were wrong i'll eat some crow on it my apologies hey we come on a podcast we shoot the shit about stuff um sometimes we're wrong it happens but more often than not. Yeah, more often than not, we're wrong. It happens. But here's the thing. Did it affect Harrison Barnes? Because now it's come out, all the reporting is like, yeah, they're recording, they're recording Durant for two years. Yeah, Draymond was, was texting him all the time. So they really were trying to get him and plant the seed for him to come this summer. Okay, so who, who is that at the expense of? Well, one guy, definitely Harrison Barnes. Well, who sucked in the playoffs? Harrison Barnes. Do you think he knew that they were going after Durant this whole time? I wonder if they, that affected them. I wonder if their pursuit for Durant, which didn't make sense to me in February, um, I wonder if that affected their chances to win the title last year. It's an interesting question, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that if indeed it was the case that um, Barnes ultimately points to that, as something that did affect his performance, then Golden State got the answer that they needed about the size of investment um, that they were confronted with with Barnes, which is, you know, you you, you can't have a guy that withers from the, it's not up to the moment, that withers from the pressure because of rumors that he's hearing he's you know there's a there's he's being influenced by whatever uh his his career might look like the dude was was teed up for a max contract basically this whole season he knew he was going to get that that money um and you know it can't be a distraction 
that your team is, is, you know, thinking about its future and you hear things about it. So I hope it doesn't come out that way because, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't reflect well on Harrison Barnes in view of his performance has to in the final. Has to be a little bit of a distraction, though. Tate, that distraction? Definitely a distraction. Tate says distraction. Um, and, I don't know. I, I And Draymond and Harrison have a weird relationship. Yeah, and Draymond and Harrison has a, have a weird relationship, Tate says. Well, you, that's, so that's a, a meaningful observation, right? We, it did seem as things went on that Harrison Barnes was a little bit of an outsider. Yeah. He was not in that, you know, he was not in the cool click. He was on the outside looking in at the cool click. I don't so, know where I read that this week. So I guess my point is you, can, you don't know if you can get Durant till July anyway. Why is it leaking out? To people like Woj, who knows everything, who was right on this, and we've already apologized. I didn't I didn't believe the report was coming from the Warriors side. I thought it was coming from everyone else. Obviously the Warriors were talking about this so much that Woj found out about it. Why are they talking about this in February when the team's forty three and four? Why not make this you know a closed door thing with three people where it's like, Hey dudes, no matter what happens this year, it's July first, we're making a run at Durant. Why are why are you talking about this in February? Why are you because jeopardizing Wilson, the team? You, 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 you don't get it. Light years ahead, son. That's why. Oh, they don't do things the way that, that you want them to do them. They're light years ahead. That's the worst part of KD signing with Golden State, by the way. That's the, the part of it I know, that, that really has been vindicated. Is, is grading. Yes. But you know, it's for, like when we did that podcast in February and I was like, this is like Joe Lacob should just come out and say, this is ridiculous. We're not thinking about next year. We we have a chance to be one of the greatest teams of all time. Like we're gonna think about next year when it's the summer. Right now, I don't I don't, I don't want to even discuss these reports that we're talking about next year's team already. But he didn't do that, and then you realize, looking back, that this was obviously a plan that they had long term, and it leaked out well, and, enough and, that reporters knew about it. So I don't know. I think they handled it poorly. Well, that's 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 your view. Um, not only are they a franchise that. Um, was 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 not making the point that we're you know focused eyes on the prize on on this season. Lacob came out in both the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, you know, five six weeks later with with these stories about you know what what revolutionaries they are. They're revolutionary as long as Steph Curry doesn't get hurt, as long as Clay Thompson's healthy, as long as Draymond doesn't get hurt. That's a part of it that that remains distasteful. And I, I'm, I'm psyched from a basketball point of view to see KD with those three dudes, and they've really bought what an incredible insurance policy against any one of those guys going down, what yeah. KD represents in, 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 in terms of insurance. But it, it does kind of suck that, um, you know, the whole light years thing, uh, light years ahead thing was vindicated a bit. That's all. It's a pretty amazing team. I went through, I went through all the seasons on Sunday trying to figure out if anyone had ever had four of the top 12. Because I think, I even sent you my email list of the top 12. Draymond, I had 11. Um, you did. And Clay's in the top 10. Like, they have four of the top 12. I went through all the seasons. And the only time you can make a case somebody had four of the top 12 were the Celtics. They only had two all-NBA teams back then. The Celtics in back-to-back years had three of the top 10. In one year... It was Russell Cousy and Bill Sharman. And then the next year it was Russell Cousy and Tom Heinsohn. So I'm guessing between those two seasons, they probably had four of the top 12. 
And that was when the team, the league had eight teams. So right. I'll tell you when I thought Durant was going. Um, when it came out on Sunday that he had called Jerry West after the Warriors meeting, I thought it was over. That that was like because I really I thought the I Celtics didn't had a chance. That he initiated the call. I yeah. just knew. I saw the report that they talked. I didn't know that it was KD calling West. Yeah, he asked to talk to him. And if you read the articles, and I think this had a huge impact on on Durant, and this was a bigger impact than really any other factor that probably weighed into this decision. Jerry West, they, I think Tim Kawakami wrote about what they talked about, and the big theme of what Jerry West said was, you know. I, I lost eight finals and I ended up winning in 72 and I spent most of my time thinking about the eight finals that I lost. And what I'd like and I've to never, see, Jerry West said, I've never gotten over all of those losses. And I think he put the seed in Durant's head. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to spend, I don't want 40 years from now to sound like this guy. I'm just dwelling on well, these sure. terrible things that happened. I want to be. I want to win. I want some good things to happen to me from a basketball standpoint. I don't want to. I don't want to sound as sad as this guy sounds. And that. And I think whatever Wes said worked more than anything else. The thing I find most interesting and curious. I would love to see a timeline between whatever time that telephone conversation occurred and what time H. Bob tweeted out that it was all over on Monday Sunday. morning. I started oh, hearing it was Monday from, morning that he tweeted that out. Yeah, I started hearing from Little Birdies Sunday night that the Celts were out. The Celts didn't hear from him on Sunday, which was a bad sign. But, uh, but you know, they, if you're him and you're just looking at the two situations and there's a certain level of loyalty to Oklahoma City that you're just not feeling anymore, it's a no-brainer. Of course you're going to go to Golden State. Whether he was feeling loyalty or not, it's just an opportunity to go um, play with a great team, with a great coach, and a great organization in San Francisco. Pretty good. Okay. I'm interested. Sure. We covered everything? I think so. I think we covered everything. Tate, anything we didn't talk about that you want us to talk about? Just Barbosa going back to the Suns. Oh, Barbosa going back to the Suns. <laughs> Let's save that for the next good podcast. Um, yeah. Shout out to uh, T-Mobile. Uh, remember, for a chance to win a trip for four to game one of the World Series, make your picks in T-Mobile's Home Run Derby Bracket Challenge at T-Mobile.com slash MLB. No purchase necessary to enter a win. For official rules and complete details, visit MLB.com slash Bracket Challenge. Thanks to Simply Safe. Remember, burglaries skyrocket over the summer. Right now, Simply Safe has a phenomenal security package with entry sensors, motion sensors, and glass break. Right now, you can get $100 off my handpicked security package. Go to simplysafebill.com to get this massive discount. Shout out to the vertical. You, you, you just shout out to Woj. Yeah, he just he he just he just smacked us retroactively. We didn't believe his report. I didn't believe it. I genuinely just didn't believe it. I didn't think the Warriors were talking about that in February. I, I've learned not to doubt Woj. I should have known that already. Woj is he's he's an assassin. He's an assassin. He's we're, one of the greats. We're ne- we're never doubting Woj again. Shout out to Woj. Shout That's out right. to the vertical. Uh, thanks to the ringer.com. Can I give a shout out? Yeah. Shout out to Chris Ryan. He and I had a great uh, conversation about the DC music scene uh, when I was in California. We pushed to push that out on July the fourth. Great reaction to that. 
Ja. Yeah. And there's been a... Uh, Chris put out the Spotify list of the bands we talked about in some songs, so check it out. I'm going to do a chance. I was going to do a tweet for that at the appropriate time. Your dream in life was to talk to an hour, for an hour to somebody about the DC punk scene. So so it finally happened. I'm glad we were able to achieve that. So that's on the Watch podcast, not Channel 33. That is on the Watch podcast. So check it out there. Thanks to TheRinger.com. Thanks to everyone at Any Given Wednesday. We have another new show coming on Wednesday, July 12th at 10 p.m. Uh, check out bonus clips and bonus materials on the Any Given Wednesday page on HBO Now, HBO Go, or HBO On Demand. Uh, I'm already afraid of whatever the ratings were for last night. This is like the worst TV week of the year for watching. Everyone's on vacation. I'm going to take a rating set this week, House, and I'm going to take it personally. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt my Don't feelings. Don't take it personally. No, it's going to hurt it's my the feelings. summer. Guess what? Guess what we're not doing next year when we have to do 25 shows? Having shows in July. That's not happening. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be well, somewhere on July. I won't be doing a TV show because nobody's watching TV. You, in learn, July. you, you gotta leave alone. Um, draft week and uh, um, free agency week now. I mean, those are all blocked off. Those are important weeks now in the NBA calendar. I know. Final we, weeks. We thought we were gonna have the show about sports and pop culture and tech, and we did all sports yesterday. I, we didn't even expect to do Durant. We had this interview we did that was really fun with Christina Hendricks and Michael K. Williams who played Omar on The Wire and uh, and then the Durant thing happened we were like how do we not do NBA we, people would think that was insane so we're going to run that at a later date but that was really fun I had Michael K. Williams and Christina Hendricks on the same couch how about that I, 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 I don't feel like there's anything that I can say um, <laughs> that won't get me in trouble <laughs> that's a good note to on Joe House, uh, congratulations on Bradley Beal. Sorry about Al Horford. Talk to you. Oh, and uh, listen to the Shack House podcast. Uh, him and Jeff. We got Shackford. one coming up this week. British Open preview with some of my wagerings, which Is- I'll also put out. I have to. I've been promising. I've been threatening to update housefromdc.com. It's really happening. If you go on there tonight, you will see. Restaurant recommendations uh, that I've been threatening. We're going to put the Spotify list of the the pod that I did with Chris Ryan up on there. Mm. And uh, next week, Shack House, my selections for the British Open. I have hit the winners of each of the two previous majors so far this golf season. I'd like to give you another winner. Please listen in next week. And we we all decided we're flying you out in uh, early August to eat against Danny Chow. Oh, no. Who... All he's saying over and over again, it's almost like watching, it's like UFC 200 this weekend where they have the styles and it's like, oh, I wonder what style is going to win. Danny Chow is just like, I'm just going right to spicy with house. I don't think he can handle it. He's too old. Um, oh, if we go, I like this. This is exciting. If we, if we go spicy for long periods of time, I win. That's his mentality. He's like, he can't beat me with spicy. And I was thinking, wow. like, eating is really, like, a little like UFC. Like, you have your submission specialist. You have your punching specialist. You have your spicy specialist. You have your this eating for long periods of time specialist. And, uh, I'm prepared to lose. I'm, I'm, you know, I am past. I'm officially middle-aged right now. I'm, I'm prepared to lose. But this is very intriguing. Danny Chow doesn't know that I have an extensive and exquisite relationship with Mala in my past. You can look up Mala. I encourage everybody, check out the Mala 
uh, style and technique in, in Chinese food cooking. I'm a big fan of the mala, and, you know, let's get it on. Let's get right. hot. So you're coming out in a couple weeks. We, we don't know if we're going to Facebook Live it or film it and run it as a video, but... I think there's a 90% chance it ends with you lying naked on your hotel room bath, bathroom floor, um, almost having a heart attack. I think Danny Chow might kill That's you. That's 100%. 100%. Okay. Fair. All right. Yeah. Joe House, enjoy the week. Thank you. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here, close your eyes, and picture me rolling.